Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of a Slow Your Roll. I am Dominic Lawrence on alongside writer for the Yaki Way Report, Jesse Caulfield, as always, bringing you this show today. A lot of football today. You know, we just had our first set of preseason games. Plenty of news coming out of teams, camps, quarterbacks looking good, quarterbacks not looking good. Somebody's annoyed on the Chicago Bears. He wants out, you know, Roquan Smith. What a shocker that that organization. I honestly think today the Chicago Bears are the worst, like the worst run NFL franchise. Really? Yes. More than the Lions? Hands down. Hands down. I think think the Lions are getting better. I think the Lions have some seriously good offensive pieces. Than the uh, Commanders? And and they're going to come out there and they're going to win seven games. (laughs) Well, do you think you think they're worse than the Commanders? Yes. Really? I mean, yeah, I know they have Ron Rivera as a coach, but like they probably have the most oh, dysfunctional owner. Oh, oh, commanders are second worst, and they're they're neck and neck with the Bears. But I think the Bears are a level of incompetent that is unmatched. The Dolphins? No. I don't know. No. Listen, this will probably. I my, feel like there's a great probably, argument to be made for the Dolphins. This will probably be my opening rant next week. Honestly, I think there's a great point uh, argument to be made for the no, Dolphins. No, because they they've won a lot of games recently, at least. Anyway, though, Deshaun yes. Watson, they're trying to go for a full game, and I'll tell you why, a full year, and I'll tell you why I think it actually might work out just well for them. Uh, Lamar still talking about his contract extension, what's going on with that. Plenty of other stuff, slumping Yankees, Durant's being a prima donna again, you know, and, and plenty others. Pats had their first preseason game. Obviously, we're going to have to go over that. But with all that said, I am going to turn it over to Jesse Caulfield to get us started today. Thank you, Dom. That was lovely. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, my job right now, part of what I do is I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. But part of the other part of what I do is uh, I will sell that publication that I'm in. I'll go outside of Fenway and I'll be like, hey, like, yo, I'm in this. Come come buy it. Come see me. You can see if you follow me on Instagram uh, with it's my name, uh, you can find out where I am every game. But being out there... I get to know the characters. I get to see some things. I've seen a lot of things out there. Things that I'm not even going to talk about. Um, but there's people that are out there consistently. And I've worked there. I, I first got this job literally just before I was even writing, just in 2017. Um, and this the same people have been out there doing this. Um, scalpers. Not the cool ones. Not the like... Uh, keeping skulls as treasures type of people. Like that's, that's cool. Like no, no, no. I'm talking like taking your money and selling you tickets. Those type of people. Those people. Um, and like, they're, despite the fact that they are technically doing God's work, they're selling tickets to the game, they are slimy people. Um, and I'm going to tell you how. And complain about them and how much I don't like them. Um, now, I know some of them personally. Now, not like well. Not like, I don't, like, I know where they live. First name basis. Yeah, I don't know. Them into your house. I don't know any of their names. I don't care about their names. I'm sure they've even tried to tell me at some point, but I don't care. It, I've definitely never given them my name. Um, so they don't know who I am. Um, I don't think most of them have a computer. I wonder how these people do live because, like, they are out there every game, every single game. Um, and I know, like, you know, it's only 81 games in the summertime. So, like, there's still, I don't know. That's some quick math. 200 and something days left in the year to do another job. Um, but like a lot of them, I've seen them outside of Fenway and then I've seen them outside of the garden. Now, the garden is a dead market now because it's only digital tickets. Mm-hmm. I still see them out there and some people still ask me, but it's pretty much a dead market. Fenway, though, it's booming. 
And I wonder, I've asked these people, like, how do you make money? Like, is this like, and he's like, yeah, you can make a couple hundred bucks a game. And I'm like, I guess that's kind of worth it. But like, is this like, I want to know, is this their lives? But like people, you need to know the tricks. A, they're only allowed to be in certain places. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know exactly where that place is in Fenway. It's definitely near gate A Mm -hmm. because that's where they gather and they literally like go in circles and like yell at each other. Like there's definitely one named Jimmy because I've heard that name a lot. Think of like scummy names. They probably have those names because people have asked me like, where are the scalpers? And I try to tell them like, go by standing room only Mm -hmm. and just take seats. Like it's whatever. But if you really want a scalper, I literally tell them, look for the scummiest person around. Like literally like missing teeth, hunchback, um, probably overweight, very sweaty. Um, He's definitely been wearing that shirt for several days in a row type of stuff. Like that's what I tell people. Um, And also just listen for the tickets, tickets, got them, need them, tickets, tickets. They're everywhere. But what they're going to do is they're going to try to screw you with your money. Now, legally, there are only certain places they're allowed to be and they cannot sell. They're never going to tell you this. They cannot sell it over market value. So like there's a price on the ticket. If you look in the ticket, it'll be say like a hundred bucks. And they're probably going to try to sell that to you for like 150 and be like, it's box seats. And it's like, yeah, it's probably nice seats. But like, bro, it's the Orioles. Like nobody cares. Um, They can't do that. They do it anyway because people are stupid. You people are stupid. You need to know this. You're less stupid now because I told you. Uh, If you're going to buy from the scalpers, you can probably smell them out um, before you hear them. Um, Don't let them screw you like that. Let, like just walk away a there's like 90 of them and there's another one somewhere else uh but like i hate these people i want you, and like don't buy off these people we need to kill this market <laughs> buy standing room go to the team buy 20 30 40 dollar ticket now i tried to do this the other day i was too late uh i had to buy a 50 dollar ticket which was up in the bleachers way up in right field um i sat right behind the third base dugout like literally, like I can see like the the faces of the players. You got to be careful with this because the last thing I don't want Fenway to become like all these other stadiums now that they post people where you can't. How big do you think our audience is, Dom? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if this blows up, like I will delete this one. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: that's like if this blows up, it's like all right, publicity. It's like yeah, I ruined Fenway, but at this point, it's like all right, now we can afford those tickets where we're sitting, and then I can be like, get up. <laughs> now I'm going to show up in the fifth inning and tell you to get up. I will never show up in the fifth inning. I mean, when I work, if I work a game and then go to the game. Oh, that's true. I, I mean, it won't be the fifth inning, but it will be a little later because I have to work that's true. into the start of the game time. Um, but like these people, I wonder where also they get these tickets. I don't know. I assume it's like StubHub Ace Ticket mm-hmm. for dirt and then they sell them because they got to start somewhere. They'll also buy them off you. They'll certainly try to trade you. Like, oh, here's a gooder ticket, a gooder ticket, a gooder ticket, a better ticket. Do you know what it is? You know what's funny to me about the scalpers? Scalpers are the only thing really in America that I see that reminds me of when I travel to the rest of the world, which is people just walking around selling stuff way over the value that it is. And you have to like negotiate and talk them down. I will say that. Which is, by the way, how you actually buy anything in about 70% of the rest of the world. I mean, there's a hustle here I respect. It's just the people are so like, oh, everything else about them is just so terrible and wrong. And I've talked to them and whatnot. And it's funny, like sometimes they'll... By the way, anyone who goes to Fenway Games, if you want to know what it's like buying things in other countries, just talk to a scalper. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) He's going to be a back and forth. Yes. It's going to be way overpriced. Someone's going to have to be willing to walk away. 
Uh, there's, and then they'll run you down again after. Yes, they will. <laughs> um, but they're all—they're so rude too. Oh I've, yeah. I've seen. I've heard them like make deals with these customers, and they're literally like, "It's like you don't know. You don't know. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you no, know, you're an idiot. That's a terrible ticket." It's like. <laughs> Like, bro, that's not a good way to sell. But it works, I guess. No, it is a good way to sell. Because well, sometimes you get, if you can get people uncomfortable, but they, they, they no, need they, to be in a situation where, like, maybe they have the, the family with them or whoever is with them. They need the tickets. They do prey on the, people. The, the, they'll just, like, all right, I want to I be done with this interaction. Here's the money. These are predators. <laughs> These are predators in the water. But, like, you can't look at the ticket first. Inspect it. Not because it's fake. I'm sure it is real. Like, I've never heard of those scams going on. And, like, I know these people. I know them personally. Like, they have real tickets. They're just grossly overcharging you. Yes. So look at the ticket, look at the price, and be like, all right, it's a $100 ticket. We'll start at $90. Um, and then if they're like, no, then they're like, all right, whatever. And then you walk away and go find another dirty man. Uh, all right. And, that's, that was an and that's how you buy from scalpers. All right, that was an interesting one. I don't have much more to add other than like, hey not guys, much, not much went on. If you're if you're a regular at Fenway, but you've never traveled around the world and you're about to, talk with a scalper for a little bit. That's how it is buying everything else in the world. I've also like I don't see scalpers. Not that I've been to a lot of stadiums. I didn't see them in Tampa Bay. I did not see them in Toronto. Then again, I was never really outside the stadium much on game day because I was in the hotel. Not that we're a rich family. This was a different time. This was 05. So yeah. this this was pre-multiple economic crashes. Um, and I didn't see any outside Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't see any outside Cincinnati. I saw the like the scummy people, but like they weren't tickets, tickets. They, they exist. We, and here's the thing. We were looking for tickets for a while. We walked by multiple ticket offices. You know what it, I wonder if it's because other places just are so obviously not selling out games. That everyone knows that That's you can true. just walk you, you to probably the ticket can't, office and like get tickets. I'm sure you can't probably can't do it in like Kansas City. It's probably like New York, Boston, L.A. Yeah, the places that sell out a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. That I, makes I sense. saw them in Atlanta. Yeah, that's a pretty scummy place. Yeah, and they sell out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, with that, we will move on to rapid fire news. So the Sox, since we lasted the show on Monday, went three and three. But the thing that really matters. They took two of three from the struggling Yankees, including one walk-off uh, yes. by the man Tommy Pham, who's just like the greatest player on earth since getting traded here. It's true. And the, and the fastest Red Sox-Yankee game I've ever seen in my life last night. Yeah, right? Um, so, yeah. I'm always happy when the Yankees are struggling. Sox are still in last place, <laughs> though. Four and a half games out of the wild card. The dream is not completely dead yet, but it's nearly dead. No, especially when one of those teams in front of you literally said they don't want like to go to the playoffs basically who baltimore oh yeah and obviously they're still going to play and they're still going to try and they're doing better than us but like they they are like we're sellers we're not doing it's next year next year we're all in yeah i guess all right on to the football talk which there'll be a lot of in this show the chicago bears roquan smith is unhappy with the contract talks that have gone on between him and the bears front office uh putting a long long message out on twitter about his misgivings uh, with the Bears, the front office, and the way that they have dealt with things. Um, they tried to give him a deal that wouldn't be good for him. But anyway, he is holding out. He wants to be traded. Here's the other thing that just broke about a day or two ago. Is he's having a person who claims to be representing him calling other teams and seeing what their interest is in trading with him. So like... 
If that's true, I don't know if that's completely legal. Um, maybe if it's not his agent. So maybe he just like gave the number to his buddy and be like, call these teams. Just gave like a give him like a fake title that doesn't mean anything in your organization. Kind of like he is he is my executive assistant man <laughs> manager. He's not my actual agent though, so I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Assistant to, I, the I thought that was, assistant to the regional manager. I thought it was a weird story, though, when I heard that part. But anyway, he is currently trying to get out of Chicago. I can't blame him. Anyway, for the preseason games, you know, we've had a lot of the quarterbacks that just drafted play. Let's give some of the highlights of some of the guys who really played well. Kenny Pickett was 13 of 15 for 95 yards and two touchdowns in his debut for the Steelers. Malik Willis was 6 of 11 for 107 yards, including a, a very spectacular deep ball down the field to Ryan uh, McCath, I think it was. Um, he had 38 yards rushing, including a touchdown. And Desmond Ritter was 10 of 22 for 103 yards, two touchdowns, 59 rushing yards, and got a last-minute game-winning touchdown pass to beat the Detroit Lions. So those guys really showed out uh, pretty well. Probably only one of them has a chance to play right away, and that's Kenny Pickett. But anyway, so far, some of the young quarterbacks just drafted in this last class doing pretty well in their first preseason of action. Sam Howell was decent. Matt Corral. Matt Coriel was a disaster. He's the only one who didn't really work. And we saw Bailey Zappa, but he was like, what, sixth round, fifth round? Yeah. He played pretty well, though. He did. He did. But it is the Giants. I mean, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, we'll get there. Pleasantly surprised with the Patriots passing game in that. I know it's preseason game number one, and yes. it's the Giants, not even the Giants starters, so. Yeah, but also on the other track, Chris Sale is out for the rest of the season after breaking his wrist in a bicycle accident. A stationary one. A stationary one. Um, which, have you seen Have you seen the uh, Allstate Mayhem commercial when he's on the, the bicycle oh, one? Oh, yeah, no. That's literally what I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what's wrong with Chris Sale. Um, I will say this, as much as everyone else is mad... This is kind of a break, though, in a way, for the Sox. I'd kind of rather he didn't pitch this year and just maybe he'll be ready by opening day next year. Maybe. I mean, but that's... I have one more bone he, to pick. But he broke his ribs in the offseason. <laughs> he did. I have one more bone to pick. They just need to wrap him in bubble wrap at this point. Um, is that a pun? You have a bone to pick? Because he's breaking bones. Oh, that could be. Anyway, I have a bone to pick with Red Sox fans, though. Oh. All right. I see this everywhere. Oh, we should trade Chris Sale. Oh, we should trade Chris Sale. To who? What the hell do you... Who the hell's going to take him? He's pitched 45 innings in two years. So about four different injuries. No one is going to take Chris Sale. Sox fans, you drive me crazy all the time. No one is taking Chris Sale. You are going to trade him to a team so you're still probably paying 80% of his salary. At this point, all you can hope for is that he's healthy next year and can contribute, and then you can decide maybe when he's at least pitching that maybe you want to trade him. So, but Sox fans, what I, I don't understand people on this one. Who, what, what are you possibly going to get for Chris Sale? <laughs> like, uh, not A Peloton bike. A Peloton bike. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. And lastly, Kevin Durant met with the Brooklyn owner. And demanded that Steve Nash and Sean Marks uh, be fired or else he will leave. Which not long after, the owner came out and said that the he has full confidence in the front office of the Brooklyn Nets. 
which I found absolutely <laughs> hilarious that it seems like maybe for once someone is sticking up to a star NBA player. We're going to have more to talk about on that. But anyway. I mean, Steve Nash is an idiot. Oh, I don't think Nash is a good but, coach. But you can't have your, your players doing this. No. And also, like, when you can't make it work anywhere else so far, like, there's a common thread here. Yeah. <laughs> it's you. Anyway, from that, the biggest news of the week, which is just leading into our next topic, Fernando Tatis has been suspended 80 games for using PEDs. Uh, I think it was a pretty much a well-known uh, performance-enhancing steroid um, that he said he took because he had ringworm. Yeah. and Which, you do take steroids to get rid of ringworm. Yeah, so I don't know. I've heard several doctors be like, you're full of it. I think he's full of it, too, but... Yeah, would you get ringworms, bro? <laughs> well, actually, being in a, in a sweaty, like, locker room and athletic, like, I get that. I get athlete's foot, and I used to get athlete's foot, but, like... But anyway, with Fernando Tatis's thing, this brings into perspective even more the things that I didn't love about the San Diego trade for Juan Soto. The hope was that you were going to put Soto's bat with Tatis's that was coming back, and obviously with Machado, and that made a very good offense. Now the Padres, to me, are still well below the Dodgers. The offense is still centered around mostly just two guys with a lot of eh afterwards. I think this is a huge, huge blow to San Diego, who clearly wasn't even playing amazing. They were playing okay. Um, But I think this is a massive blow to the Padres. It hurts even more considering what they gave up for Soto, in my opinion. And, you know, I wanted to go in on this more and just why I didn't like what the Padres did. Because for the most part, all their young players have really not worked out. I mean, Jake Cronenworth is about it. Everybody else hasn't really worked out. The pitching has largely underperformed all the ones that you were expecting would be nice, cheap, available options um, because they were homegrown guys. Mackenzie Gore is the only one you can really point to right now. Luis Patino hasn't really done anything. Um, Lamette could never stay healthy. So I just, I just, it seems like Darvish is going to be a year older next year. So what, 36, 37 years old? Blake Snell is a roller coaster. Hmm. I there's just a lot here that I just don't like for the Padres and almost none of this that makes it sustainable. There's no cheap options to help with San Diego offensively or relieve it in the pitching staff. So that's uh, why I just haven't liked the Soto deal. This Tatis news does not make that any better. Jesse, do you have some thoughts on Tatis and my thoughts there on what I said about the Padres in general? Well, I'll start with Tatis Mm -hmm. because... I I saw the ringworm thing, and I was like, maybe. I don't know your life. Maybe you could get ringworms. Um, but then, like, I saw that a whole bunch of people came out. I was like, yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And, like, my first initial thought was because he was coming off an injury. I mean, how many players have been popped, or I'm sure many more have gotten, also gotten away with, using steroids to help heal their injury? Mm-hmm. Rodney Harrison got popped for away. Actually, here's the thing. Rodney Harrison was going to get away with it, and he admitted to it oh, really? when I was a kid. I remember that. Um, and Julian Edwin got hit for it, I remember, um, coming off an injury. I think it was that uh, knee injury. I'm not... Because, oh. yeah, like he missed a year, and then he missed a couple games for suspension for PEDs. But it's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm trying to recover from this injury. So I know that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's really going to help you much for his particular injury, mm-hmm. but he did heal pretty fast. 
Suddenly, no one was talking about Tatis. Then he was out of nowhere playing rehab games. Mm-hmm. And I found that a little suspicious. And then he gets popped. Now, I'm not saying he just, like, he heard Juan Soto's come to town. He started taking steroids to speed up the process. No, I think he probably thought this was taking too long and maybe did that and can't admit to it. So I think that could have been a thing because mm. that happens a lot. Um, in terms of this team... Mm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things about this team that are, I think, roller coaster is a good word. Not even just Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you tend to talk about like some of the personalities here, mm-hmm. and it's like Manny Machado has behaved a lot more, and is actually even being a leader in that locker room. Yeah, him, and him and Tatis have had their problems, and I thought Machado's reaction uh, once he was interviewed about the news was pretty like. Of this current one? Yes. Why? What did he say this time? He didn't say anything specifically. It was more like his face and his mannerisms when talking about it. Okay. Okay. I, I think okay. he's pretty mad at Tatis. And and well, he did throw one word in there that was, well, we're at, we've been, what did he say? We've gotten to this point without him and we will continue to play without him. And I was like, ooh, ooh, I mean, Mike, <laughs> Mike Clevenger came out and said, um, he's like, this is the second time he's disappointed us with something like this. No, I don't, I don't know specifically what he meant before. I, maybe that blow-up incident. Um, yeah, that's what he was talking about. Okay. Because um, I know he's never been popped for steroids before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but he's ta- he was talking about like, hey, this is like we expected him to maybe grow up a little more this offseason. And now we're disappointed in him again. Um, but the point I was making with Manny Machado is like, yeah, he's matured more and he is a kind of an emotional leader in that locker room. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it's bad if Manny Machido, Machado is the emotional leader in your locker room, yeah. especially when maybe two weeks ago at this point, um, they had a tough loss and Manny Machado was asked about it. Um, it was that series against the Dodgers and he was asked about like, yo, like, is this put a damper on how you feel. He's like, no, I'm Manny Machado. It's like, that's a terrible answer. That's a good answer. That's a good, cool answer. Not when you just got your ass whooped by your division rivals. Mm-hmm. That is not the time to say that. Yes. So uh, this team is, uh, there's a lot of players I like on this team, especially the pitching staff. You know who also hasn't, but, you know who also hasn't hit a lick since he got there? Josh Bell. Oh, we had a good first, like, two games. That's it. He's down to 154 since okay. he got to San Diego. I mean, that's Which, all... like, I know it's a small sample size, but this was my problem with Josh Bell also. Josh Bell, if you look at his career, is another one who could be an absolute roller coaster offensively. Like, when he's bad, he is awful. <laughs> like, awful. So, mm. and he's been good all year, so I was like, the shoe's going to drop eventually. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of always the risk you take when moving team players. That's yeah, why, like, but, I think but, it's much. Yeah, but, but you want to go for guys who have a better track record. Sure. Like Bell is just the track record is like I, he's up and then he's down. Yeah. And he had been up all season long. But that's he had a lot of value, and like I think it, this is a lot more of a risk if you're going from like say the National League to the American League. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, not so much anymore because they're playing the same game, exact same game now. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, you know, these things can happen. So that's always the risk you take. Mm. But, like, it, it, perhaps that's becoming because he came into an environment of, like, a team that, like, is a lot of personalities. And that's kind of making it teeter on the edge here. Mm. And maybe, I don't know, in Washington, who, who, other than Juan Soto, 
who who's a big personality? And here's the thing: I don't even think Juan Soto is that big of a personality. He's not. Um, he's a very pretty quiet dude. The big, the loudest thing about him is just how he acts in the batter's box. But like, that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, with the Tatis stuff, you know, everyone, it's a big blow for baseball because of his popularity. But baseball can, baseball will be fine. We can just pivot. You got Ronald Acuna back I healthy. Mean, Shohei Juan Soto in the middle of a playoff race, you know, then you have Shohei Otani. I think he took the face of baseball away from Tatis. Tatis yes. was like the face of baseball for like six months. Yes. And then he's been kind of out of sight, out of mind. He'll be continue to be out of sight, out of mind as well because his suspension bleeds over in the next year as well. Yeah. I, I think I, I think this really, especially if you finish second fiddle again to the Dodgers, which it looks like they're likely going to do, I think this will be a big locker room problem heading into next year. I, I, I think this be. is I think this is a big under the surface cultural issue that could fester in San Diego. It, I mean, it could. It looks like it kind of is no, already. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. You can't really trade Tatis, and you're paying him a ton of money because they gave him that extension. So, yeah. But I, I think in the future, this does not bode well for San Diego at all, leaking over in the next year as well. I think the Padres have some serious, serious problems. They could. But, all right, I think we're good on that. With that, Jesse, I'll turn it over to you. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk oh, about the, the local team. They lost. Oh, no. Oh, they, they lost, lost to the New York. It Season's means, over. It means everything. 0-17. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I didn't really – I. Because this game was on at the same time as, I mean, the Sox were playing at the same time, and the Field of Dreams game was on at the same time. So I was flipping between these three things. So at the time, I didn't watch this game. Uh, can I just say, what a terrible choice for Field of Dreams teams, though. It would be if they weren't both awful right now. I know. But Last you, year would have like, been a lot better with these two teams. Yeah, but like, did you come into this season thinking either of those teams were going to be good? No. And, but like, That's why I was like, what? The pick would have been cool if both teams were I not know. terrible. I also thought they would continue with just like it'd be the White Sox versus someone every year. Oh, the MLB is not that cool. They should have kept it that way. Or at least until like, the White Sox lose. Because, I mean, weren't the White the, one of the main parts of that movie? Like, Were they? Yeah, like oh, Shoeless Joe. Joe and, I yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. I, uh, Pat, anyway. Pats. <laughs> Patriots. I, I love baseball too much. Base- the, <laughs> the game was, I mean, whatever. I, like, I was pleasantly surprised with some of the, I was, with Bailey Zappi. But like, sure, uh, cool, a decent backup. That's all he's gonna be. Maybe some Mac competition, I guess. Nah, he's gonna be the league MVP. I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> I mean, if Mac Jones doesn't work out and Bailey Zappi, Tom Brady's, and like it's a Drew Bledsoe type of thing again, and it's like well, whatever. I mean, it's not gonna happen. It's <laughs> not. But like, I was, I said earlier, I was pleasantly surprised with the passing game. The fact that like they weren't constantly under duress didn't look great. Mm-hmm. Um, the the wide receivers actually got open sometimes, made some decent catches, and I'm like, all right, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I the the line looked not a total mess. That made me feel decent because uh, I heard it was been a total mess in training camp. Um, then again, I, like I said earlier, this is against the Giants, not starters, mm-hmm. so. Take that as you will. I know, like, uh, Thornton looked good. He made that touchdown. Uh, touchdown reception. Um, who, who was the other one with the touchdown reception near the end of the game? Oh, I forgot. He's turning around. He made the nice catch falling back in the end zone. Throw wasn't that great. It was off his back foot, but, like, he made a nice catch. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's so hard to take things away from the first preseason game. Mac Jones didn't play. Um, none of the real – I mean, I think like McCordy played a couple mm-hmm. snaps, but like that doesn't mean much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was more to like to see like I was pleasantly surprised with how the offense seemed to like I think, function. You know what I took out of that game though? What? Daniel Jones, man. He's not very good. Because, like, it was him against the second-team Pats defense for the most part, and he was still, like, so pedestrian. Yeah, but, like— You worry—what is he, a third-year starter at this point? I think it's his fourth, right? It might be his fourth. Like, you should be better than that. Because he was with Lamar. Like, I kind of think he's losing his job here at some point during the season. Uh, I mean, this was— there, there was, I mean, there was talk going into this season that the Giants could move on from him. Yeah. But, like, they ultimately said no, one more go around at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could just be because, like, all right, mm-hmm. let's just suck this year. Yeah. And, like, I don't think Barkley played at all. I don't know who he's thrown to. Like, did Kenny Galladay play? Yeah, he did. Okay. Galladay played a little bit. But anyway, back to the bats. So, like, the defense, but, like, the point I'm making with that is the defense and, like, I don't think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback, really. So, like, even the defense, when they look good, mm-hmm. like, we'll see. Yeah. Especially since Bill is going to be, I guess, paying attention to the other side of the ball. And I don't trust Steven and Gerard Mayo. Hmm. I got you. I mean, you know my opinions on this. I don't I don't think you should be putting defensive well, like, and special teams you, coaches now to, to – But did you see dysfunction on the offensive side of the ball? Like, I didn't really – No, it didn't It didn't look too bad. It didn't look too <laughs> dysfunctional. So, so, yeah, you know, who knows? It was one preseason game, non-starters. We'll see during the regular season. I don't take a ton from preseason, though, I'll be honest. Not until, like, the last game or two. Sometimes individual well, we players – Sometimes individual players' performances I'll take something from, but as an entire unit, I don't usually take much. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, I mean, it's just there's a certain way that you do things. It seems in the league now, and it's worked. You get a young quarterback. You want to build around him, give him support. The Bengals get Joe Burrow. Let's draft Jamar Chase. Offensive coach. Let's keep building on that side of the ball. Um you know, the Browns did this with Baker Mayfield. Be that as it may, how much it worked out, he still got a playoff win, but they went, all right, let's give him another weapon. Let's give him another weapon. Let's hire an offensive coach to be the head coach. And, you know, even when Kitchens was a disaster, they're like, all right, we still got to go offense. Kevin Stefanski, let's go in that direction. The Chargers with Justin Herbert. Let's re-sign Mike Williams. You know, you want to support the guys, give them everything that they need. And the Pats are just like, We'll have a defensive guy call offensive play. Special teams, Joe Judge. How about you just start doing offense as well? Uh, yeah, specifically okay. quarterback. Yeah, uh, specifically quarterback. Uh, Devontae Parker. I guess that's good enough. Uh, uh, Shaq Mason. No, no, we're not going to pay you. Let's 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 retool the whole old line. Like, I just don't. That's not the way it seems to be done, and not the way that's winning in the NFL today. And I, I just don't have good feelings about what this season is going to be. This is a copycat league, and Bill's about to set a trend. That's what we're seeing right here. I I think this is uh, one trend that is not going to de- catch. Defensive coaches will now start to coach offense. I We're switching sides. Especially uh, disaster as head coach guys. Well, one of Bill's <laughs> uh, philosophies was he does, even if you are an offensive guy, 
Mm-hmm. Like he still wants you to have some defensive experience. Mm-hmm. And if coached on the defensive side of the ball, and the mm-hmm. same if like, oh, you are a defensive coach, I still wanted you. Because Bill says some of the, some of his best younger years learning to coach was when he spent time on offense, mm. and he learned and he learned how to defend that. So there is something to be said about that. Yeah. Is this is this the time in Matt Patricia's career? I have my doubts, but um, that's that's why I'm not Bill, I guess. The only thing I can hope for. <laughs> that's why I don't have six rings. Uh, the only thing I can hope for is maybe Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. They were around Josh McDaniels in the system enough. They probably know the offense McDaniels ran very well. And therefore, because of the base knowledge they already know, they can use that to core the offense together. That's the only thing I have that I can hope for. It's basic math, Dom. Two negatives make make a positive. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Maybe. One will say something wrong. But the other will correct it. With something dumber. It will just keep going around that circle until finally you meet in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. And then but then something good will happen. (laughs) So you can't you can't even talk yourself into this. I don't I don't know his his philosophy here. I don't The Philadelphia Eagles, by the way, the same thing. Let's keep drafting weapons on offense and maybe some of them with okay, now let's use our next pick last year. Let's go get AJ Brown for Jalen Hurts. Like there's a way that things are being done and it's working well and the Pats are just like I whatever, just you know, that might be a that might be a square hole, but give me a triangle. We're gonna jam mm. it in, that's gonna fit. Like, I just don't think it makes any sense, and I don't think it's gonna work. But I could be totally wrong. Uh I mean, I you know what? I think the Eagles if it doesn't are work, in a great I, position. I've never made a meme really in my life, but if it if it's a disaster, I'm gonna take I'm gonna try and make one, like a baby, like a baby, <laughs> like a baby. I have to take like a baby, put Bill Belichick's head on it, and him like trying to jam in a triangle in like a a different shaped hole. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try and make one, but like I, in defense of the Eagles, I think they are in a great position because either like this isn't either Jalen Hurts will take that step. There's enough here to make him better than he is. Or it won't work. You got a good pick next year. Yes. And then you got a quarterback in a great, mm-hmm. pretty good offense. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So the Eagles are in a pretty good spot. Oh, I think they are. All right. With that, I think we're good on this, right? Yes. All right. Remember, here. Pats fans, the Eagles are in a good spot. <laughs> uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break before we get back into this. We're going to talk to Sean Watson, uh, his appealing, uh, well, what the NFL is trying to do with him, and a also. Some talks, maybe if that goes through, Jimmy G could go to Cleveland. Just some things that are they be I've heard around. All right. So with that, guys, quick break. We'll be right back.
are back here at Slow Your Roll. We are going to continue with the football talk. Deshaun Watson, the NFL is trying for a full year suspension. And although it's way more than what the first guy came out with, let me tell you why I think it might work out. And you can see this already with what has come out with Lamar, what he's talking about for his contract extension. He wants his money fully guaranteed. I'm telling you, the rest of the NFL owners are totally all in the camp of wanting to stick it to the Browns and Jimmy Haslam because they despise that contract that the Haslams gave to them. It has made the rest of their lives even more of a headache. No one wants to guarantee all the money. Baltimore definitely doesn't want to guarantee all the money to a guy who got injured last year and runs around a ton, but clearly they have, you know, they don't have a lot of other options afterwards. So this this is totally what Cleveland did. Screwed over everybody else in the league. You gave a fully guaranteed contract to a quarterback with multiple sexual misconduct allegations and hadn't taken a snap in over a year. And you were like, oh, $230 million fully guaranteed. That reset the market for everyone else. And now everybody else has to deal with this headache. So I'm telling you, the NFL owners are all right behind Roger Goodell right now. Just... <laughs> Whatever you need, Roger. Well, we're going to try and make this happen. So I, I actually think that there's a very good chance that this could happen. Mm. Do you have any? I want to. Do you have any things on my theory right there? At least, whether even if you don't think a full year will happen, don't you think that all the NFL owners are probably behind Roger on this one? I mean, I think the NFL owners are always on the side of their money. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, any anywhere they look to make a dime. Mm-hmm. They're going to be on that side. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, they've hated the idea of fully guaranteed teed contracts. Since, I bet since Kirk Cousins got his, they've all been working as hard as they can to make sure nothing on that level really happened again. Mm-hmm. And they got to this point. Now they got to, I mean, I know there's been a couple here and there, and like all the rookies are getting them this year, at least the first round picks. Um, but that's a different situation. Mm-hmm. This is, the man on the team getting the fully guaranteed contract again. So this is this is this could be a battle for them. I, yeah, because that I they hate. I know they hate this. Mm-hmm. I know they hate this. I don't know what much they can do other than stand behind him and be like, yes, mm-hmm. fire him, mm-hmm. ban him from the league, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Other than that, I don't know much what else they can really do. I'm just saying, I don't think Haslam and the Browns are getting any support from the rest of the league on this. Probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they're probably yeah not getting invited to the <laughs> the the sex parties under the mountains with all the masks on the what the eyes wide shut parties. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're probably not invited this year. No, probably not. Probably not. Um, with that though, with the Watson stuff, right? Do you think it's going to happen? Do you think it's going to be a full year? Uh, well, yes and no. Do I think Roger will probably get what he wants at first, but then you know. The NFLPA. Yeah, so there'll probably be an appeal, and then this goes on. And you said last week, this will, this, this will go on. And like He'll I said, probably behind center week one, which I know the NFL <laughs> didn't want, but he he was behind center for pregame preseason one. So, yes. um, and like I said, like Rogers gonna make the dumbest decision he can for this league. Um, 
and this this is looking like it's going to be dragged out for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I know it's funny. It just will not go away. It should have gone away already, but it's not going to go away. No. All right. With that, also uh, the Jimmy G stuff. There's talks that now, and and not just speculation from guys who have an opinion, like actual leak sources, that the Browns could be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo if Watson is suspended for a full season, or if he's even suspended for, I think what they said was maybe more than 10 games. Mm. Which I don't, I don't think you're on board with, because you're just like, you have to just own it, sell it, whatever. Though if they cut Jimmy G, I would do it, because you're not really giving up anything at that point. But like, I think this makes total sense for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it... it- Sure, if you cut him, why not? And he's if he Watson suspended and he gets Jimmy gets cut, I guess why not? But um, I don't know what what do you have left to give up if you're the Browns if you want to pick. trade for him? A fifth round pick, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just I, means you have very little picks next year. But <laughs> but uh, hey, what if? But but you could do this. You could trade for Jimmy G, right? With this roster. Similar style to what the Niners play as well. Heavy on the running, you know, power run scheme. Is it outrageous to think that if Jimmy G comes in and has to play 12 games, that in those 12 games they have seven, eight wins? And then maybe Garoppolo's worth a little more again. When actually, I, I heard apparently Kareem Hunt wants out. Oh, I was actually just about to bring that up. Well, could you... Now, I think, honestly, Kareem Hunt is worth more than Jimmy G, but, like, just be like, hey, we'll take Jimmy G, you take Kareem, and give us something back. Yeah. You could do that. Get to give us one of them picks to I, I also, I want to give Cleveland credit, though, because I love, this is another one where just telling the telling a player to just, like, <laughs> laughing at him, like, what kind of leverage do you have? The Browns basically told Kareem Hunt to go F himself. I mean, Kareem Hunt's a terrible person. So, but also like, but I thought it was funny too because I want to know what these guys' agents say. I want to be in the room. Is Kareem just doing this on his own, or is his agent an idiot? Because like, mm. what leverage does Kareem Hunt honestly have? You're a running back in year what four or five, which means there's not much left of your career anyway. You've gotten in trouble before. You probably just we running. have Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson. Had more rushing yards than you last year because you got hurt. Like what? What leverage does Kareem Hunt actually have in this situation? He probably or, just hates Cleveland. I'm not going to play. Okay, that sucks for you. You can go over there. We'll find you for six, eight, ten, well, eleven, how, twelve weeks. How much is a is he making on this? Is he just like guys? I kind of want to be somewhere else, or is he just is he being like I'm not going to play for you? No, he wants a contract extension. Oh, that's his problem. Yes. Okay. Money. Because I, I get like, all right, and I I'm get not it. the guy here. I'd like to be the guy, I and always, this is Cleveland. I'm not going to like rail on guys for wanting my money, but what I will rail on you <laughs> for is when like you clearly have no leverage and you think that you do. Like hmm. Kareem Hunt has no leverage in this situation. I mean, uh, Chubb's not the healthiest guy. No, but Johnson was just fine last year filling in. Yeah. So I... Well, Kareem Hunt's the passing back. He is. Which you can make a nice career out of that. And it extends your career being a <laughs> yeah, third down back. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Falk lasted forever. James White lasted a long time. I forgot to put that I, in rapid fire news, but James White Did retired. he, though? He did lasted he? a pretty good amount of time. He has, For a running back, he did. 
Bro, these running backs, they last like four years sometimes. At a high level. Yeah. Yo, Frank Gore is... He's not normal. There's a few that are not normal. Didn't Peterson he, and Gore. Didn't he get arrested last week too? Uh, he might have. Dude, the second these people step away from football, <laughs> they don't know what to do with themselves. I know. Um, but anyway... We went way off topic, but yeah, Jimmy Gore. G. I think, <laughs> I think Jimmy G would make sense for Cleveland. He win a bunch of games in that system. I mean, listen, you all want to bang on Jimmy G. He beat Rodgers in an NFC Championship. He made a Super Bowl. He's clearly a competent starting quarterback. Uh, I mean, do he, I build he, around him? He was no. on it. He was on teams that made Super Bowls. <laughs> I know. I know one. He was technically the starting quarterback. Hey, on, hey Niners. But. Niners don't win many games when he's not under center. And they don't win many games when he has to throw either. <laughs> when he has to throw a lot. Beat Aaron Rodgers. Twice. <laughs> Twice. Take that ball and run with it. He can execute. And actually that second time was because of a blocked punt. <laughs> he can execute the offense pretty well. All right. I think a lot of that came from Bill and Tom too. Maybe. This is uh, how you, you run an you offense. Never bring, you never want to give Kyle Shanahan any credit. I mean, I think he, he helps, and he knows he's like, all right, don't let this man. I just worry about Shanahan. Throw the ball a I lot. just worry about Shanahan, like, in crunch time. In the second sit, half. <laughs> in, well, I just think in big moments, like decision making stuff. But as far as building a team, running an offense and a system, he's about as good as it gets. Mm, I just feel like he's got no real balls. I don't know, maybe. When, it, like, when, it's, when it's time to get the kill shot. And it's like, yeah, we have a lead, but it's gonna, we're gonna. Well, maybe he's, maybe he's always gonna play conservative. Well, maybe that's because of his, who his quarterback was, though, too. I guess, but like, you mean to tell me you're never gonna try it? I don't know. Never gonna try it? He didn't do it with the Falcons, really, either. No, he didn't. That's why they lost. He, yeah, that's true. Anyway, but actually, part of it, you know what it was in that Falcon Super Bowl? It, they after that amazing Julio Jones catch, mm-hmm. and then he got sacked. Like he was like. All right, I'm never taking a risk again in my life. Maybe because they should have ran the ball there and get the easy field goal. And yeah. he's like, "No, I'm going for the kill." Yeah, and then, and then he got scared away from it. Maybe yeah. he's like, "I'm never doing that again." Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. All right, moving on. Moving on. We talked about this a little bit already, but let's talk about the New York Giants camp. I have so many things to say on this. The first one being, I said this a long time ago when this guy got the job. I don't understand why Brian Dable took this job. Brian Dable took an absolute talented but an absolute mess of a quarterback in Josh Allen and somehow made him accurate when he was always inaccurate and a wild thing. Rang him in a little bit. Turned him in maybe the best quarterback in the NFL at this point. Right? Does that. The hottest commodity, hottest guy on the job market. Why would you take the New York Giants job? They haven't been good since they fired Tom Coughlin. They weren't even good Coughlin's final years, but they have seriously have not been good since they fired Tom Coughlin. Weird decision-making. Eli Manning was kind of the only thing kind of holding it together, but at the same time, he was holding it back. They've been no better since. A bizarre picket quarterback, an absolute mess, a mess of a head coach last year in Joe Judge. Uh, who was the guy that they, was after Coughlin? He was a, he was a joke as well. Um, I forget his name. McAdoo. Oh, Ben McAdoo? Yeah, he was an absolute joke. Judge was a mess. One of the most <laughs> hated coaches, hated coaching regimes. also a head scratcher. Head coaching regimes I've ever seen. It was a head scratching move, as you said, to start with, too. They haven't been good in so long. They're one of the worst run franchises now in the NFL. 
And you have a quarterback that's been a third, now moving on to his fourth year starting. Jaguars. Who, who hasn't shown anything. Yeah, the Jaguars are the only ones more hated. Uh, no, worse run. What? That might be worse run. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but the Giants are one of the worst run franchises. You were taking over for a guy who's about to be in his fourth year, has shown absolutely nothing that makes you think that he'll be a competent NFL starting quarterback. I don't understand why Brian Dable took this job. There were better jobs out there on the market, and maybe he interviewed and didn't get the job, but at that point, why don't you just stay in Buffalo and wait another cycle? You're so likely to even win a Super Bowl, potentially, in Buffalo. Like, I thought this... This job made no sense. I don't know why Brian Dable took this job. Actually, I'm literally going to Google it right now. Where did where did he come from? Who? Brian Brian Dable. But anyway, with that being like, said, where did he grow up? The camps, the the Giants camp has been a mess. The reports out of that, there have been videos of brawls, not fights. Fights happen all the time in camps. Brawls don't usually happen where it's players against offensive line coaches. Like it's as much of a tire fire it seems like as Joe Judge's camp was. And I, I, I think they're going to be a hot mess again this year. I don't think there's a lot of hope for the New York Giants. And at what point? I oh. think I think Daniel Jones loses his job to Tyrod Taylor by week seven or eight. I figured it out. Okay. Okay. I mean, I said before when he took the because we've had this discussion when he first took the job. Yeah. Like, why would he do this? Um, and I, I listed was like, all right, he's moving to a, a Thanks. more interesting part of the state. Mm-hmm. Um. It is a more storied franchise than Buffalo. Yeah. If you care about that stuff, I know that doesn't really matter how they play right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said like, oh, he, like he can't lose mm-hmm. because even if the team sucks, he's like, bro, they sucked. Like, look how look at that franchise; it's a disaster. He has that excuse built in. But I just found out he's Canadian. Really. So he wants to live in a state. It's close to Canada, and. <laughs> as close to their values as possible. Not the nice, friendly kind, because it's close to New York City and their um, hellspawn, but like, oh, no guns type of stuff. That You know, that stuff. He cast, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Because I thought, I, I thought like, oh, maybe that's closer to family. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, Niagara Falls, I guess, ain't that far. Yeah, but you were closer to it before. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe I don't know. And it's like you know, you're you're near New York City, and like people, that that attracts people for makes some reason. You money, I understand that your name will get out there. And I know these guys with the ego, they think that I. It doesn't matter what what's going on there and what's gone on in the history. You know, maybe he wanted. The I challenge. can do it. Maybe he wanted the challenge yeah. too. Maybe that's the only thing I can think of. But I think it's a mistake. I don't know why Dable took this job and. It's not the obvious. Let's look ones. up. Let's look up in two and a half years and watch him get canned as well. It, we have to be onto something with these ideas, because like it definitely is not because like oh I'm definitely going to win now there. This is it's not because this is a great run franchise. It's it's not you know maybe it has something to do with this as a somewhat storied franchise, but at the same time it's kind of not. Part of their story is being dirt yeah, too. I guess you. like they've had a couple like. The way back Giants were good. Mm-hmm. And then, like, those times Eli Manning kind of tripped into two Super Bowls. Mm. Like, sure, that's great. But, like, it, it, it's definitely not those because the Giants are a joke. Mm-hmm. It has to be the New York City factor. And I know they play in Rutherford, New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, but that's 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 not far. Mm. Um, and New Jersey is New York light. I got you. Um, 
So it, it's got to be. It's got. It's a personal thing, whatever that be. Whatever it's not. It's not for football. And like you know what, I do believe it has something to do with the fact that like he can't fail there. Mm. He always he has that built-in excuse of that's a dumpster. I went to a dumpster fire. Mm. But like you're probably right. It has something to do with that ego. It's like I can make this I can a make nice it. dumpster fire. Yeah, I can make it work. I'll make this a nice where fire. everyone else has failed. It's me. <clears throat> I'll make it happen. I will turn this dumpster fire into a bonfire. <laughs> type I, of stuff. I don't know. I I I I just don't understand it. Um do you think how long do you think they're going to stick with Jones? I think it's probably his last year. Do you think he'll get the full season, though? Because I kind of think that Dable will be done with this and they'll turn it over to Tyrod yeah. Taylor by about week eight. I mean, yeah, probably. It okay. depends. Like, you know, if they're winning, which no one expects them to do, they're not gonna win. you can't take them out. No. But, like, do you want to lose is another question. Mm. How much do you want to win? That's true. And it's like, oh. you might want a good pick for quarterbacks next year. Exactly. Mm, that's a good. That's fair. That's a fair point. And Brian, they'll never come out and say, well, we're tanking. No, can't do that. Or else. <laughs> the league will get mad at you. All right. Um, anyway, moving on to the next one that I want to talk about. So, Malik Willis, as we talked about in the news, you know, had a very nice, very nice debut for the Tennessee Titans. Six of 11, including a, real, a really good-looking deep ball, 107 yards, 38 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Here's what I want to talk about. He's a first-round pick. He was... Actually, no, no. I think he did fall. Maybe he was second round. You're right. Yeah, there was no quarterback. Never mind. No, actually, there was one in the first round. Yeah, that's right. Pick it. Sorry, he fell. But anyway, so Malik Willis, though, he had a lot of the physical characteristics that would make you think he was a great quarterback. But he played at Liberty, so people were kind of like, eh, that offense, how's that going to translate to the NFL? But all the intangibles, too. Kid is well-spoken. Kid had a great reputation, very charitable in the community like that, um, and seemed like an all-in, a hard worker. No one really said anything bad about him as a person as well. And he's big, strong, great arm, cannon of an arm, and he can run. So he has all the, all the, all the physical tools as well, it seems. I think, based on what I saw in the preseason, as long as this continues, high IQ, uh, by all accounts as well, I think he has a real chance of taking over for Ryan Tannehill at some point this season. Tannehill was kind of a turnover-prone mess a lot of the time last year. That playoff game, they should have won, but he was abysmal. And now you have a Tennessee offense that no longer has A.J. Brown. Julio Jones is gone. Not that he did much last year anyway. But unless Trey Burks comes in here and is Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson all over again, right amazing right out the shoot this is an offense that lacks any type of real special playmakers especially on the perimeter and they might find that they need a quarterback who can make things happen and they need a playmaker at quarterback which Tannehill is not Tannehill maybe can be effective if you have very nice pieces around him and his only job is to run the offense and be a distributor of the football to guys who can then make things happen afterwards but if they don't have the guys that can do that, they might need a playmaker on offense. And I truly think Malik Willis has a decent chance to start at some point this season. As I've said, I, I expect Tannehill's struggles to continue now that he has even less support and help than he did last year. So I think Willis could take over the Tennessee job at some point during the season. 
Jesse, thoughts? Uh, first, I have some breaking news. Oh, uh, what? Uh, the Texas Rangers have fired their manager, Chris Woodward. Oh, yeah, it's Chris Woodward's fault. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and they, just, they feel they're underachieving and they fired him. But in terms of the Titans. Now, here's the thing. I used to like Ryan Tannehill. I've defended him for years. Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan Tannehill that we had now in the Titans mm. is not the guy I ever really thought could ever lead them to a Super Bowl. Not at that point. No. He's too old at that point. And, like, the, 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 the offense was built around uh, Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. and it was so obvious. Um, and then you get to that playoff game, it's like, oh, Derrick Henry's back, Titans are back. And mm-hmm. then the second you saw, it was not 100% Derrick Henry. Um, not that you thought the Titans were effed, but you, you knew they were in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And even if they got out of um, uh, Cincinnati, they weren't going far. So, and I also wonder, like, he, Ryan Tannehill came out and said, he's like, I'm not going to, like, uh, what's the word? What? For Malik Willis, he's not gonna. Oh, uh, what's? Uh, it's not my job to uh, to groom. A, you know, sure. Basically, it's not my job to teach. Yeah. So I'm wondering, what are you gonna? Are you not gonna talk to him? Yeah. Are you not gonna be in the room with him? Are you, he's not. If he's asks you a question, are you not gonna answer? <laughs> Just gonna be, no. Figure it out. Like I don't. And I get like, you want the job. You feel it's kind of threatened right now. But I feel like the worst thing Ryan Tannehill could have done. It's been a bitch about it. Yes. I No, I agree. And it's like now like you, if you even wanted to move, which your contract would never allow. No. You you just made that even worse for yourself. Oh, I agree. Because now, now you think of it this way, right? Here's the three things. Now my quarterback currently, not good enough to elevate a roster, turnover problems, and now I have extracurricular talking outside of the game and making headlines. Now I have three problems with my quarterback. Maybe I can live with one. Maybe I can live with two. Once you add that third, it might be like, well, screw this guy. Let's turn it over to the kid and see what he can do. Yeah. And no, I I didn't even think of that. That's a, that's a very good point by you. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I'd be a deal breaker. Like I said, you add that third problem. And you mentioned what, what leverage does Kareem Hunt have? Mm Mm-hmm. What leverage does Ryan Tannehill have? You haven't, and like, yeah, you've been on a good Titans team for this last couple of years, a surprisingly good Titans team, but everyone knows it's not you. Yeah. It's the run game. And even when the passing game does do good, like, it's A.J. Brown, mostly, mm-hmm. making some ridiculous catches. He's gone now. And yeah, like, when he, he had wasn't 100% for this season, and Ryan Tannehill clearly did not look did that he, great. He had multiple games, I believe, of the regular season throwing three picks. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. That's a lot of interceptions for an NFL quarterback. In yeah. Games. Yeah. And in that um, that playoff game, oh gosh, he made wow. some awful throws, some awful decisions. The playoff game, they kind of lost because of him. I didn't put it all at his feet. Um, and it was even like, uh, like that A.J. Brown touchdown like that was a great throw by him mm. but is offset by the fact that you made some bad interceptions and some bad uh throws mm-hmm. so like i don't totally put it at his feet i think you know hoping a little too much that uh derrick henry was going to come back and save you was another big problem um so it's not i didn't put it all at, like i didn't put it all on ryan Tannehill, but you then 
you you ruined your own is what little value you had left coming into this offseason. And if this doesn't go well for the first couple of games, and like sure, Derek and we expect to be hundred percent again, they're gonna ride that pretty heavy. Um but yeah, like now when you need to look to the passing game, you don't have your stud wide receiver anymore. And like even they have high hopes for this rookie, like he's not an AJ Brown yet. Mm. Even if like that was the comparison, um, I know when he was drafted, um, and part of the reason they were willing to get rid of AJ Brown. But I also feel like the Titans know that they're not going to be that great this year. Mm. I feel like they were hoping Ryan Tannehill would be like, like be a good mentor, mm-hmm. like mentor this one. And no, and it's like, oh, mm. damn it. So do you think? Do you are you agree with me? With me? Do you think Malik has a chance to take this job at some point during the season? I think he could. Yeah, because I mean. It, what do you expect from Ryan Tannehill this year? Especially without A.J. Brown. Yeah, not much. Jack. <clears throat> yeah. Nothing. I so, expect them to win games just because they maybe have a more talented roster than whoever their opponent is that day. Yeah, but I, and I also think most of the games and that I they will Tannehill win. And Tannehill to manage the game. Sure, and but like here's the thing. I expect the games that they do win, I expect Derrick Henry to be heavily involved in all those games and probably in, at the very least be in triple digits in rushing yards. Oh, yeah. So, 100. All right. So from one young quarterback who is a backup at this point to another one who is going to be starting in his second year now, Trey Lance. So the the reports from camp, to me, from what I heard, are still not great. He's still He's still struggling to complete about 50 percent of his throws, and that's in camp. That's not a good sign. He might have everything else. He might have a rocket arm, big, strong, athletic, and run. But the bare minimum is you have to throw the ball accurately in the NFL. You can't be completing 50% of your throws. That's like, I mean, Cam got away with it, but Cam was six foot, you know, eight, could run, and was built like a linebacker. Well, every play there was the threat of the run with him. Exactly. Now, I know Lance can run, but he's still not Cam on that. Well, there was multiple ways. he Like, Cam was fast and agile, but he was also, also the strong. N- also, the NFL was, was different then. Sure. It's even more of a passing and precise and in rhythm type of league now with the offenses. But also, so, people hype up Cam too much. They do. He had that great MVP season, but, but he was kind of a roller coaster after that. Yeah, like he was. Yeah, we only had a couple really good seasons. No, I know, I agree. So this now going on with Trey Lance in camp, I don't think that's that doesn't bode well for the season. I, you know me, I've been heavily been like, hey, I, I, I have money on the Vegas win uh, under. Uh, for the Niners, which was ten and a half when I got to it, I think it's lower than that even now. But I've I've been heavily betting the under on the Niners. I don't think it should be this complicated turning a, turning the offense over to another quarterback. It wasn't this complicated for the Chargers. It wasn't this complicated. We all knew immediately with Patrick Mahomes. They knew a, they knew a year before Patrick took over that he was going to be special. They just kept it in the building. It's not this messy when you know you have the guy and. Man, when you're not accurate enough in college, not enough snaps in college, and you continue to not be accurate here in the NFL, and below par even accuracy in training camp, I don't think that bodes well for the Niners this season. Though I still agree with turning it over to Trey because you have to find out. You have to know. Mm. But I don't think it bodes well for the Niners this season. Mm. The 49ers are having... They, they don't pick well in the quarterback <laughs> position. At least not in the past... Couple of years. Decade, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of started with cap, mm-hmm. like you know, strong, 
rocket arm, mm. agile. But nothing else. No accuracy. <laughs> yes. Couldn't put touch on it. And like Lance Connect, he actually understands the idea of touch. He just can never put the right touch. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But then like they... I. You know, at the time, I thought it was not that bad, but they they bet too hard on Jimmy G. And I know you made it to a Super Bowl with him. You have made some playoffs with him. So was it maybe worth financially in the end, especially if you made a profit? Eh, it depends. It depends on the owner. Um, but I don't think they may, they played the Jimmy G situation that well either. Mm. So I wonder. You know, Lance was pretty raw coming out of college. You know, there was going to be work to be done with him. But I wonder how much of the fault could be laid at the 49ers and maybe with how they picked and how how they've raised this young quarterback mm. because they don't really seem to be that good at it. Mm. So I, I, I do find that interesting. Mm. Like, you know, if it, this happens a couple times, like, oh, man, just can't find that quarterback. I get it. It's hard to find that real guy. Despite the fact that there seems to be more than ever Burroughs, uh, Herbert, Mahomes, Brady's still playing, Stafford's still got it, Lamar can win games. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 49ers just don't have an eye for that, it seems. And at some point, it's just that you don't, it's not that you don't have an eye, you don't know what to do with them, I feel. Mm. So, or you don't know how to develop them, at least. Sure. Yes. Sure. And maybe that's true. Kyle Shanahan is, is known to be quite rigid. And he had a Matt Ryan. And he did. Matt Ryan was already, you knew what Matt Ryan was. Shanahan seems like the kind of guy who's just like, my system is great. My system works perfectly. So figure it out, get into (laughs) it, and do whatever. And but not a lot of maybe teaching. Hmm. More just like I expect you to be able to run it. And to Shanahan's credit, his system is great. His system works. His system has elevated Jimmy G to a place where I feel like we all don't think Jimmy G is should have been a quarterback good enough to make it to an NFC championship and beat Aaron Rodgers. But Jimmy G came from the Patriots, mm. where it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, but Bill is definitely going but, oh, to Bill, make sure you learn something. Yes, Bill Bill is a teacher of the game, maybe more than Kyle is. So, that's what we have seen so far. So, I mean, you know, maybe that's his problem. Kyle's like, I know this works. I know this system will work. Anyone can do it. Yeah. So I'm not going to be that hands-on, and I'm not going to... Because, like, say what you will about Bill. Like, you know, some players don't like him. Some players don't like his system. But, like, Bill actually does seem to be like, if you're willing to put in the work with his system, well, they also, all develop actually a good relationship with him. Most people will talk about how he's a great teacher of the game. He will tell you why we are doing what we are doing, why I run the system the way I do, why I expect you to be here and not here, why I expect you to do it this way, not that way. Sure. Yeah. Maybe Kyle's not really that guy. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Be now, no one is. Now to the next thing I want to talk. Oh, wait, do you have Do you have a good point to make? No, I was just gonna say no. No one is that hard ass that Bill is for no. for better and worse. Um, but the next thing, you know, we were talking about the Garoppolo stuff, and then that story came out today uh, about he had ghosted coaches and stuff after his contract thing, and like I don't really buy the story because I feel like if it was that big of a deal it couldn't have been kept in house this long Yeah, weird timing uh, there's a couple of things it could be maybe Trey continues to not play well but the Niners know they have to turn it over to him and they've burned their bridge with Jimmy G so they're like let's say this <laughs> let's kind of embarrass let's kind of make it seem like he's a bit more of a problem so the blame isn't on us it's more on Jimmy that's how I think 
This is why I think this story came out. It, it could be. And I know there's a grain of truth to everything, but it seems like something that was greatly over-exaggerated in this story from what it probably really was. Well, yeah, that's why I wonder, but, like, if it's just a situation of, like, oh, the past couple of years, Aaron Rodgers is not showing up to optional mm-hmm. try or uh, not tryouts, optional workouts and stuff like that. You know, maybe it was just that. And, you know, the 40, everyone wants all their players there, but it is optional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want your starting quarterback to be there to at least work with uh, your receivers that show up and your running backs and your line and all that stuff. Maybe he just wasn't showing up for that. And they're like, can you come? And he's like, nah. Mm. Maybe it was just that. I don't know. And I wonder, like, is it the 49ers leaking this? Because that did may hurt some of his trade value. I think they already know there's no trade value, though, because teams at this point are like, we know you have to cut him. So. Could be. Yeah. Could be that. Um, so, yeah, it's like. Oh. I think this is more. I think this is more managing PR. It could be. I think that's what it is. Because it's also like, and I, you know, I don't want to keep harping back to that, but he came from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And now Tom Brady came from the Patriots and is clearly loving the laissez-faire and wanting to do what he wants mm. in Tampa. But Tom Brady's in his 40s mm-hmm. and is was so tired of Bill's crap for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Jimmy was apparently supposed to be the heir apparent, mm-hmm. Bill's guy. And I find it hard that the man Bill really wanted over the greatest of all time mm-hmm. is just ghosting his coaches mm-hmm. the second he gets, signs a contract. I just don't feel that. Yeah. Did he like the fact that maybe there's someone not like Bill constantly on his back? I'm sure he did. I'm sure most players do. But I don't think that immediately means like, I'm not going to talk to these people. I have my money. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't see that coming from Jimmy. I think this is, you're probably right. There was something, maybe it's the optional practices he didn't show up for. Um, maybe he did just like, you know, I don't think he's sick that much. I think he just likes calling out type of thing mm-hmm. So every once in a while. Um, like, there's no way this beautiful man is that sick. Like, mm-hmm. he has to be healthy. He's something in one of those situations. And, like, yeah, damn him for that. But why did this take two, three years? Mm. That's so odd. That's, that's my point on it as well. I, I just I think this is some PR management by the Niners who want to make sure that when Jimmy G leaves, if Trey doesn't play well... It doesn't come back as hard on them. I'd be like, well, he was a problem. We had to get him out of the building no matter what. Blah, 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 blah. You know what? I, I it's, think it's his fault Lance sucks. Yeah, I think it's PR management. All right. He showed him Call of Duty. With that, we are going to take our last quick break before we get into our final couple of topics. The Yankees really slumping. Kevin Durant being a prima donna as always. And then our Tommy and Darwin. Stick with us, guys. We are back for more Slow Your Roll. The last, last little leg here. Last little third of the show, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, back to baseball. Back to baseball. Because, I mean, the rivalry just happened over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And nobody cares about the Red Sox part of it. 
because what is more important in which happens, which everyone loves across the league, Yankees really seem to suck. <laughs> now, I, I picked them as one of my winners for the deadline, and I still kind of stand by that because I think the moves were very good. It's just it's the Yankees are broken. And I said last week, I'm not surprised that this slowdown has finally occurred. You couldn't keep up Cortez with a sub-2 ERA. Uh, Kermit the Frog is always going to have his blow-ups every now and again. Uh, Tyon was pitching too well. Um, the bullpen was just cruising along despite the fact that it's, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Judge was hitting too well. And actually, Judge is not the problem. Judge, Judge hasn't stopped, really, actually. Uh, the problem is he's the only one still going. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect it to ever get this bad. Mm-hmm. They've lost nine of the last 11. You lost a a series to the Red Sox. I know technically the Red Sox have won two series in a row, mm-hmm. but one of them was a one-game series against the Orioles. So the MLB counted it, but I don't. <laughs> so this is their one ALE series win, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's coming almost, I feel, at the perfect time for the Yankees. Because you have time to right this ship. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't think it was going to hit this low. Like I said, uh, not losing nine of the last 11. Judge is literally the only one playing well, seemingly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Intendi has sucked since he became a Yankee, which I love. I hope he's sabotaging. That's so funny. Um, Montez has not pitched that well. He pitched um, five decent innings in the Sox series, five innings. That means nothing allowed, to me. But- that means nothing. Yeah, <laughs> Red Sox suck. Um, actually, what is funny is one of the only... The g- big disaster for Montas is he was given a 5 nothing lead in that series against the St. Louis Cardinals and blew it. Mm. Literally like the next day. Mm. And that's when they got swept by the cards. Mm. Mm-hmm. But uh, also like <clears throat> Clay Holmes is falling apart as their closer. What was funny is actually Chapman was one of the good bullpen guys this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe Chapman's going to start figuring it out again, which, you know, that won't last long. Yeah. But to see the Yankees in this position feels good, but there's still half of uh, August and September for them to write this ship. So I still expect them to be a good team come October. So I guess live it up, but like, they're still a great team. Like, come on. I don't know. I, I, I think there, I think there's serious problems here. I'm, I'm. I mean, a lot of the reasons they're not hitting is the middle of the order is Donaldson and Rizzo, who are both well into their 30s, and I, are slowing down. And if you looked at Rizzo's home road splits, it's not pretty. I think yeah. there's a reason that the offense is struggling. I think Cortez will pitch better than he has been recently. My biggest issues with them are now the offense, because I don't know if this is something that's just... Uh, evening out or if this is actually more of what they really are offensively because Donaldson's 36 Rizzo's 33 Gleber Torres is at least the younger one but is he do we really feel like he's a real solid middle of the order bat not really so I don't know man I I think there's some real cause for concerns here for them on the offensive part of their game I mean there is uh they're definitely tripping down the stretch here. Like, yeah, like Rizzo is definitely someone who is benefiting so much from that short porch. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew Donaldson couldn't keep it up. He's just too old. Mm-hmm. 
When, and when they uh, to me, they seem significantly behind the Astros at this point. If you put them in a short series and a playoff series with Toronto, I think Toronto is better because the problems with Toronto is the back part of the rotation has been a mess. But you don't have to deal with that in the playoff series. You have to deal with Kevin Gossman and Alec Manoa for the most part. Not those bottom tier guys at the back of the rotation. So in a short series, yes no. in a short series with Toronto, I think I think that they have they have their hands full as well. The problem with that is if you know, you, Gossman has a bad no, I know. Couple, I guess, you know that's because Garrett Cole's been so reliable in the playoffs, though. You know, <laughs> I know. Um, I, I mean, that's the thing about their pitching staff is like, yeah, it is. It's so well built for the regular season, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Garrett Cole. He just not that great in, in playoffs. playoffs. And uh, Luis Severino blew uh, blows up every chance in the playoffs. We'll see what we get out of Nestor Cortez when it comes to that time. Um, but like Domingo Herman is not that good in the playoffs historically. Mm-hmm. So there, the, I mean the. I kind of think the pitching staff has more qu- plus questions for the playoffs than the uh, the bats. Mm. Like, if you're playing at home, I do like Rizzo mm. for that stadium. Yes, and like he's actually one of their fly- few players that has real distant playoff experience. And Stanton will be back at some point, so I get that. Yeah, they need Stanton back badly. And I mean, Benintendi can't be this bad, right? Mm. Uh, I can't remember his name, but like soon Aaron Harrison. Hicks won't be in center field. It'll be the guy from the Cardinals. Harrison Bader. When his foot gets better. Mm-hmm. I guess that is a good point because you're right. After Cole, it is like Domingo Herman, Jameson, Tyon, Severino, and Cortez. Like, yeah. uh, like there's, there's a lot of like decent, but like. But questions, but, playoff questions. But and when I put them up against elite offenses in a playoff series, I'm crossing my finger. Yeah, and it's like, uh, the, you know, you got some I decent think, depth in that offense with Torres, and you know, Kenneth Falafel just hit his first home run of the season. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think they'll compete. Here's the thing: I do think it's going to be. Maybe Astros and Yankees in the championship series. I don't think so. If it's not the Yankees, yeah, Toronto is a good pick. <clears throat> but uh, I just, I don't know. Mm. I think they're significantly a couple of steps behind the Houston Astros. And I think in a short series, they're behind Toronto. If I will say can... this. Lucky for the Yankees, Toronto has had a great opportunity to pounce uh, and, and try to cut this division down more. And unfortunately, they had to deal with a Cleveland Guardians team that is red hot right now, taking over the number one spot in the Central. Uh, and so they lost two or three to Cleveland. So right now, Toronto is not capitalizing on opportunity to get back in the division. I think part of the reason is their age. Cleveland? No. Toronto's. Oh, the oh what do you mean? Like they're just, they know, they're young and upstart. Like a lot of the, they're relying on Vlad Guerrero and Bo Bichette. And like these are good young players but they're a little inconsistent mm-hmm. and uh, I just I don't know they're not I mean Vigarero doesn't really seem to have this problem but Bobashek can disappear yeah he can so you know <clears throat> also Springer cannot stay healthy to save his life their biggest issue with them is Jose Barrios has just been a disaster this season and mm-hmm. it looked like he was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and then the mm-hmm. all-star break happened and he's been garbage again I mean his ERA is like 5.6 something it's been Super weird, but he has been an absolute nightmare. And maybe they just need a pitching coach too. Too. I don't know. Maybe. 
Gosman and Manoa have been could great. Be, but... Could be some uh, just yeah coaching staff things to keep them back, too. I know they fired what's-his-name, but I, you know, and but, they've gotten <clears throat> better since, but... I will say this. I think because of... Because of this was the time that if anyone was going to get back into it, they would have done it now over this stretch. I think the Yankees are probably safe for the division simply because Toronto is missing their opportunity. But I worry about the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm less, I'm much less concerned about them winning the World Series. Yeah, because of this. But like I, like I said, there's, there's plenty of time to right this ship, <clears throat> and they can't be this bad. They just can't be this bad. No, probably not. All right, moving on. Our last bit of stuff. So Kevin Durant. Met with, I think his name is Tasaya or whoever the Nets owner is. But anyway, basically, you know, he had been requesting a trade. Then he met with him to try and work things out. And he said he wants Nash and Marks gone or else he wants out. And I think it's funny that finally an owner came out. The the front office and the coach have my full support. Now, there are some people who are trying to twist it in a way that, like, that doesn't really mean that Tosiah isn't going to eventually fold. But I kind of don't think he's going to fold. And why would he? You almost have to. You almost can't <clears throat> fold now. I know. Even if you, like, I think. I also, but here's the other thing is I, I, I think Durant thinks his value <laughs> around the league is far higher than it is. Yeah, that doesn't shock me. Because I don't think, I don't think anyone's going to give the Nets a better deal than what the Celtics had sent them, giving up Jalen Brown. Like a lot of players, not even just in basketball, mm-hmm. value themselves more oh, than uh, for sure. But for a while, I mean, two, three years ago, you could say, well, I mean, if Durant's on the market, anybody will give up anything. But now, now the Golden Saints won without you. Now that you're being a prima donna, now that you're being a bit of a mess in another organization, right? A lot of weird stuff with Durant too. You have to walk on eggshells around him. Um, I think a lot of people in the league are like, nah, we don't need to deal with this. You've torn your Achilles not long ago. You're on the wrong side of 30. And you're just so much work to bring into our building. And you're not getting it done in Brooklyn. What makes us think that it's going to be worth it for you to bring us a championship wherever they go? So, I don't know, man. I May, NBA history tells me someone will pay and he'll move, but I don't know. I, I think that uh, I think Golden State winning and how much of a, a problem Durant is, it wouldn't be shocked to me if the Nets are stuck with him. Yeah. And the thing I'm about, so glad they didn't accept that trade, by the way, either. I don't want him here for Jalen oh, Brown. Yeah. Well, I, apparently they wanted Jalen Brown and Tatum. Yeah, and then there was that like, hey, Jalen Brown, and a couple of things, and then they're like, no, no, um, and no, I don't want him here either, uh, for for multiple reasons. Like, I don't want that cancer on the team like this. I don't want to give up what they're willing to give up mm-hmm. for a guy like that. Uh, even the talent level, like, eh, no, I just don't want to sacrifice that much for, yeah, a man in his mid to late thirties. Yeah. Um, even even if he was a nice guy. Who clearly doesn't elevate the <clears throat> culture of your team. <laughs> <laughs> no. And He's just talented and can score some and score a lot of points, but he doesn't bring a winning mentality or culture to your franchise. No. And the thing about like with the owner, like even if you're in a situation like like I mean, everyone knows Steve Nash is not a good coach. Um and even if the owner was just sitting there thinking like, man, Steve Nash is not a good coach. 
the second Durant comes out and says, like, you need to get rid of them, no matter where your stance, even if you were planning on firing him, you have to then come out and be like, I'm, I'm fully behind them. For the simple reason of because, like, well, I cannot allow these players to run wild like this. Mm-hmm. I have to defend and my coach, my GM at again, that point, even I, if I hate them. I, I'm not... I'm I'm not totally against players making calls and stuff like that. I think Brady's won enough that he has the medal and the chip. I get it. Now you don't want it to be so public. Let's keep it in house. Let's keep it quiet. But I'll do. I understand that you have to pander to some guys to make them happy, and I'm totally okay with that. But it's when you make it public that I become that it becomes an issue that I don't think you can tolerate. I don't like the pandering. I think the situation's like you know you got a football team, and you're thinking about bringing in. Randy Moss from the Raiders. Mm-hmm. If you then go to Brady and be like, bro, do you think this will be worth it? I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. <clears throat> it's when the players are like, when LeBron's going like, give me Westbrook. That's when like, no, no. Yeah. I will ask your opinion. Like, all right, the Red Sox. Hey, hey, Big Poppy. Mm-hmm. You are the leader in our locker room. And you have a personal problem with a guy like David Price who we're thinking about signing. Mm-hmm. Like, will that cause a problem in this locker room? Stuff like that. Do not go to the player and be like, who you want? <laughs> what do you think? Be like, no, this is what we're thinking. What do you think? Will this bother you? That's the one time. Mm. That's when you. That's the one time I want players' input on anything. Yeah. And even then, I want it limited. Mm. Like, here's the thing. If Tom Brady was like, I don't want Randy Moss anywhere near this team, you, still, you should still like be like, all right. But we're still going to consider this. Mm. If it's good for the team, we're still going to do it. Sorry, Tom. Mm. So, yeah. I I just when when the players like if the player is ever just shouting out about personnel, give me these players, get rid of these players. You need to be like, you need to shut your mouth. Mm. You need to shut the hell up. Yeah, it's not your job. <clears throat> you can't allow guys like that to run your franchise. And like I said, especially when no. he doesn't bring a winning culture then I'm really not going to give in to your demands. Yeah, because what does that show that everyone else in your locker room and the rest of the league? Yeah. There's no respect here. Yeah, no, none at all. None at all. All right, with that, I think we're getting ready to wrap this up. I just want to say, I want to gloat for a second. <laughs> now, you were on the same page as me, but I'm pretty sure, I think I think we were so proactive on this. I think we even gave him a Darwin Award, I thought, before the season started, which was the Rangers. Oh. I think we did. Uh, I mean, we've definitely scolded them for just throwing all that money at Seager and and thinking that it was going to make them a winning team. Yeah. Now we're going to fire Chris Woodward today. Uh, it's Chris Woodward's fault that you have absolutely nothing behind the hundred whatever million dollars you shelled out for three people. Mm. Yeah. Martin Perez is having a great season. He is. <laughs> but we said this is going to change almost nothing. I bet you they still win about 75, 74 games. What a shocker. Just because you bring in three big-name guys with big money doesn't necessarily make you a winning team. You'd think the Padres would have found that out back in, what, 2015 when they won that offseason. The Marlins when they did it. The Blue Jays when they basically spent money on the Marlins guys that the Marlins had just gotten the year before. But nope, no one ever wants to figure it out. But Rangers, once again, congrats. Congratulations on thinking anything was going to change. They've won 51 games so far. So they're on pace to win how many then? I think low 70s. About exactly where we said they'd be. It, 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 probably high 60s, low 70s. 
I'm thinking. If they're high 60s, that's even worse than I thought. Yes. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. They're not. They're 12 games under 500 right now. Yeah. So. But it's Chris Woodward's fault. <laughs> Actually, the run differential is only minus two. That's not terrible. It's not. No. So they may be a little unlucky, but still. Mm. Shelling out all that money wasn't going to make you a winning team. No. Chris Woodward's no. fault. Chris Woodward's fault. Though. No. Obviously. No. Obviously. No, spending... That idiot. Spending like $300 million <laughs> on your middle infield was not going to win you a championship. When you had nothing else around it, really. Yeah. All right. But anyway, with that, let's move on. Tommy report, Jesse. Oh, boy. Uh, what's Tommy been up to? Tommy, Tommy literally ran away. <clears throat> he literally ran away from the box. So, like, Tom... Apparently, the, the report out of box camp is Tom is miserable. Tom hates it. What? That's... He doesn't... He, like, is just a miserable man. And he literally... I, I, I saw it, like, uh, a couple days ago. He was taking a family leave until after the game against the Dolphins, mm-hmm. which they played, like, two days ago, three days ago. Um, and when I first heard that, I was like, I think he just doesn't want to be there. And then it came out that he's apparently, like, he looks miserable. Like, the way he's walking around, like, he's just, like... Well, I heard it was because his mom's sick, though. Is it? Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe that's playing a part of it, but he just, like, doesn't look happy to be there. Like, he just doesn't want to be there. Mm. His mom's always sick. Uh, so, Tom is sad. That's your new Tommy update. Tom is sad. Tom is sad. Um, I haven't heard anything about his mother. Mm. You know. Yeah, she, I know she was fighting cancer a few years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, once you get it once, like, you're always in danger of getting it again. Mm. So maybe, uh, but Tom, he doesn't have his friend Gronk. He, you know, maybe he got off on fighting with his coaches. Maybe. And now he doesn't have a coach to fight with. Uh, you know, he, he just fought Bill for years. Maybe it was just speculation because she had had cancer before, but there's nothing out about it. Okay. It's still just personal stuff. Yeah, I think he just called his dad and be like, say something's up. I don't want to. <laughs> I want a week off. I can't take it here. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to look and find, but I, I just don't see anything. Well, here's the thing about that. What do you expect out of the box this year? Mm. I expect him to win the division. It's a terrible division, man. Well, that's the thing. I expect him to win the division. I expect them to probably win a playoff game or two. Mm. But do you really see this team as a Super Bowl contender? Part of the reason anyone does is because, well, the conference sucks. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't see them as a real Super Bowl contender. I do. I do because Tom Brady plays there. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. And I know, like, Chris Godwin's still there. Mike Evans is still there. Um Fat Leonard Fournette is still there. So there's pieces. They brought in Russell Gage. But, like, I don't see them winning the Super Bowl at all. I don't see him winning and I, I think Brady feels that in his heart, too. He's like, I don't see I don't. them winning a Super Bowl, but I, I think they're definitely a Super Bowl contender because there's just not that much there in the NFC. In the NFC. I it, It's literally gotten to the point. Now, obviously, this will change during the season. There's but always a the, team that clicks and you never realize, and, oh, my God, they're really good. But right now, I don't see any reason why the Rams aren't back in the Super Bowl next year. Well, that's the th- but like that's the thing. We think the biggest reason the Bucks are Super Bowl contenders is because the conference sucks. I know. Not because of them. Yeah. But because everyone else sucks. sucks. Mm. That's not good. 
No, it's not. And it's like, I don't think Brady's sitting there going like, oh, we're only contenders because the conference sucks. But he's sitting there thinking, being like, this is not the best team I've ever played for since I've gotten to the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And But is most of the defense still intact? I think. I know they had problems with the secondary last year, though. But I think one of them left. I don't know who left, but I think Devin White's still there. Vita is still there. Yeah, he's still there. The other uh, thing, it was... Isn't it Sue... Yeah, Sue's he, not there anymore. Yeah, what is he? Whatever. <clears throat> I think it was White or Whiteside. One of them left. Yeah. I think one of them left. I think it might have been Whiteside. But anyway. No, I, I listen, I think they have holes. I think it's going to come down to Rams Bucks again. And I think the Rams are still significantly a better team. As of right now, I know the, the odds that you're going to go back to the Super Bowl are never high. But like I can't talk myself into anybody else in the NFC stopping the Rams from making it to the Super Bowl again. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess that'd be like literally, like, you know, the green... literally the only team I'm high on is the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm just high on them to be significantly better than they were last year and win a lot more games. But I'm not out here being like Super Bowl contender. Like I, I just don't see it. I don't think the Packers are special enough anywhere else. They lost too much. Well, yeah, but it's also like, do you think, like, do you think they can beat the Broncos or the Chiefs or the Bucks? Yeah, no. Or the the Bills? No. Or I mean, you think you think Pittsburgh's gonna be pretty good this year? You think? Oh, they could beat Pittsburgh though. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, if let's say Deshaun Watson plays this entire year, like. Maybe the Browns? Uh, maybe. Do you think they could beat the Browns? I don't know. I could be a tough game. The, the thing about that is, like, the Browns can brown at any moment. So they can. They can. That's always a possibility. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Let's wrap this up. All right. Yeah, Tom's sad. Tom's sad. <laughs> Darwin Award. <laughs> All right. I thought, yeah, it was you starting the thing. Drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner is the Miami Dolphins. Again. I think two or three time Darwin Award winners, but this is for the news that broke last week, which was the tampering. And it's not only that just you tampered. It's you tampered and you didn't get either one of them. <laughs> you didn't get Peyton or Brady. And you tampered, didn't get him the next season while he was still on the Pats, right? Still a year under contract. So it's, yeah. you're at least an entire NFL season away from actually getting the guy you want, right? Still decided to tamper. Then you didn't get him. He went to another Florida team. And yet continued to tamper for some whatever reason. Yeah. So only the Dolphins. This is so Dolphins that you can have some of the, the, no, the worst, the worst tampering that they had ever seen before with not one, but two different individuals over a multi-year span and not land either one of them still. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) I, I really do want to know how. This is, that's like. That's like cheating on a test and still failing the test. I've done that. <laughs> Have you really? Yeah, I've done I've that. never done that. I've done that. Um, but like, so, I mean, I've failed because one, I've been caught while cheating and then they just take it away from you. And then, But like, yeah, I've, I've done that and just like, oh, well, that didn't go well. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm, I want to know, like, and no one's ever really, I'm hoping like Brady will release a tell-all book at some point in his life. I'm sure he will. Loves himself. It's true, and I, but I want him to like. I want at least a whole chapter about this mm. because I want to know like how like you talk to this team for 
I mean, not technically, I guess, a full year, but a full season. Mm-hmm. And then in the offseason came, and I know there was that, like, Brady had that interview and he didn't name it, and we all know who it is, that team is now. And it's like, oh, you're going to go with that mother effer over me? It's like, all right, I guess he meant the Dolphins. But it's like, why? What happened? That, like, and here's the thing. You could have brought in Brady and still drafted a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Brady even said, like, he wouldn't mind going to a place to mentor a young quarterback. Um, so what was the problem, like? Like, you just thought Tua was the man? You thought he was the next Tom Brady or something? How did this break down? I know. Like, and th- and then you kept calling him. You kept calling him, in like, with his new team. I know. Being like, is it working over there? Like, how is it, like, with your new girlfriend? Like, <laughs> our boyfriend sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm wondering, where did how did this break down, but why did it then continue? I don't know. But it's so amazing that you could go multi-years tampering like this with two different guys and not land either one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so Darwin Award winner to the Miami Dolphins and Stephen Ross once again for the most, the worst tampering the league had ever seen and still completely well, whiffing on your it targets. It was the worst in two ways because no one has ever done it to this level, mm-hmm. but that means no one has ever failed at that level. I know. Because how do you not succeed? You called this. You called. Let's just t- do the Brady one. You called this man for a year, yeah. almost. Like you, he, like he going into that off season, he knew what he was doing, and then he didn't. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. All right, but that has been it for slow your roll this week, guys. At slow your roll on Instagram, uh, slowyourroll.com, um, and slow your roll on Twitter. Jesse, yeah, you have your own Twitter, which is just your name. It's my name. Is it Jesse underscore Caulfield? Um, I mean, if you just my name is Jesse Caulfield, like I'm sure that'll work. But if I guess you want to do the at, I think it's my last name then my first name. Oh, okay. And like, here's the thing: one one of my Twitter and my Instagram, one of them is my last name then my first name, and the other one is my first name and my last name. I don't remember which is which. But like, you could just search my name. There you go. All right. (laughs) Have a great rest of your week.